Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is June 19th, 2022. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony on the road in Alberta. And it is Lewis out here in a very rainy BC. Oh, happy Father's Day, my friend. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. That's actually what brings me on the road this weekend. It's a bittersweet weekend for me. We, uh, our long-term listeners know that my mother passed away last year in, uh, in, the, in the winter, in February. But because of some of the COVID rules back then, we weren't really able to give her her proper send-off. So it was a nice weekend this weekend. Got to take her ashes back to her place of her birth in the mountains and get that taken care of and now i'm on my way to edmonton to have a father's day brunch with my kids before i go back home so it's been a a great road trip excellent that's good yeah i know you don't get to see them as often as you like because you live in a different province so that's really good yeah no it's very exciting and uh what's also exciting is somebody went to a cfl game last weekend how did that go oh boy that was great um and you don't hear those words come out of my mouth too often when I go to a game at BC Place. Because, <laughs> first of all, it's the Lions. So, you know, they lose mostly. Um, but uh, but second of all, because the, the crowds in Vancouver are generally pretty small and pretty quiet. And, uh, I mean, I have gone to games where the uh, where you could actually hear the players yelling on the field because the crowd is that quiet. Um but not last weekend. Ow. Their home opener was uh, it was it was exciting. The crowd was loud. It was it was uh, and it was big. It was like thirty four thousand people, and for BC, that's a big crowd. It's the biggest crowd they've had uh, since two thousand and fifteen or two thousand sixteen, I believe. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was great. They. Um, they had a big street party outside. They closed down the street outside the building. Uh, had a big street party with a live concert. Um, then when then when you moved inside, they uh, they had uh, One Republic open up the the uh, the game with uh, I think they I think they did about eight songs. Um, and then uh, and then the Lions went on to. Uh, kick the Edmonton Elks ass all over BC Place Stadium for a 59 to 15 win. Woo! And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, BC BC's quarterback set a couple of records and he uh, he's like a, he's a 24 year old from Victoria. So he, uh, he, 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 one thing that he did was he was the first starting Canadian quarterback for a CFL team and a home opener in almost 70 years. Wow. It hasn't happened since the 1950s. Holy crap. That's, I, I did not. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Rourke was the first Canadian starting quarterback for uh, in the CFL on, on uh, the opening night in almost 70 years. It's, it's great. And he was awesome. He set a passing record <laughs> for... Um, for uh, for a home opener, I believe, um, for in the CFL. So I think he beat and he beat it by ten, uh, like a, a passing percentage by ten percent. Like he, uh, I believe it was uh, eighty. I believe he had like almost eighty nine percent passing, and the previous record was seventy nine. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was. Uh, he set a couple of records, which is pretty exciting, especially considering he's a he's a he's an actual BC boy playing for the BC Lions. So 
yeah, congratulations to him and the BC Lions for their great home opener and their exciting their their owners, their new owners are doing a great job of promoting the team and and everything. I mean, it, you, we stayed out in Burnaby near Metrotown, and and honestly, you wouldn't know there was a game going on because, um, I mean, overall, Vancouver just doesn't care about the BC Lions. I mean, there's two and a half million people, and only thirty four thousand show up to a game, right? And uh, and the building could have taken another twenty thousand people. Um, but uh, I mean, you can't find BC Lions hats at uh you know the sporting goods stores out in burnaby um and burnaby is not very far away it's only like a 20 minute uh sky train ride from the stadium um but when you got off the sky train uh downtown it's just bc lions banners everywhere there's it's the the new owners are doing a really good job of promoting the team and uh and it's pretty great I mean, you and I, we're big CFL fans. I mean, that's where we met, was at a CFL game in Edmonton uh, 21 years ago, 22 years ago, 22 years ago. Well, 1998, 24 years ago. 24 years ago. Holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I mean, we met, we met at, the, at, at the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, games because our season tickets were at opposite ends of 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 uh, two rows that were right behind each other. Yeah, and uh, and I think it was when I was just yelling at you, insulting you because you were wearing a Riders jersey. And uh, cool, right, <laughs> yeah. And then when the and then the Lions were there the next game, and you were yelling at me and insulting me for wearing a Lions jersey. So we <laughs> so that's how we became friends. So yep. CFL, CFL means a lot to us, not just because we like football, but because it, it's how we met. So, yep, absolutely, yeah, and that's, that's great to hear. That actually, I think the Lions are off to a great start that way. As far as thirty-four thousand fans when they hadn't opened the upper bowl for what three seasons in a row. Yeah, yeah, and they had the upper bowl open, and yeah, it was it was good. There was uh, it was it was exciting. My son, it was his very first football game. He hadn't. I mean, we live. We live about five hours from the stadium, so we've never gone before, uh, like my son and I. And yeah. um, so he, uh, I mean, he's fourteen. He's never really been into football. He he's tried watching it. That's why we've never gone because he's tried watching it with me on TV, and I'm explaining it to him and stuff, and he just walks away because he's bored. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he came to the game with me. I explained every single play. I explained why they did what they did. I explained all of that. I explained the rules, everything. And he was so excited. He wants to go to another game. He wants to watch it on TV with me. So, yeah. it's uh, It was great. Oh, awesome. All right. What else is great is we've got a great show for you today, Canada. On the show, censorship on censorship. Justin Trudeau says you have no right to defend yourself. It's an end to vaccine mandates, or is it? And an eight, the point nine billion dollar nothing burger from Krista Freeland, and more. Well, let's start with the vaccine mandates. I mean, sure. I think everybody's tired of hearing about them, but let's just talk about them quick and get them off our plate. Yeah, you bet. So the federal government announced that they are bringing an end to vaccine mandates for domestic travel, but the mask mandates will still stay in place. So if you want to get on a plane or on a train or on a boat, you will have to wear your mask. But you will not have to be vaccinated. International travelers and Canadians returning from abroad, however, will still have to have the Arrive Can app, will still have to put in their vaccine information, and will still have to be subjected to random COVID testing off-site of the airport so that the lineups can be somewhere else. So, la-dee-da. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> Excuse me. The... Um... This is, uh, I don't know, I'm just getting so frustrated with this because we're one of like a handful of countries left in the world that still have these mandates. And um, it's over. It's been over 
for a couple of months. I mean, it, it's anybody who's getting COVID now is getting a very mild head cold. Um, it's just, it's over. Like, let us move on. Let us live our lives. It's like this, this government just can't let go. And we warned Canadians of this back at the beginning. We said, you give this government that control, they're not going to want to give it back. And they're not wanting to give it back. They're still holding on. They're still doing everything they can to make your life miserable. It's like they enjoy making our lives miserable. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. I mean, there, I mean uh, and you had suggested this way back when the Omicron wave first started, that, hey, I mean, this is nothing worse than a cold. This is the beginning of the end. And you were right. But yet, ideology... Ideology is just force this government to say, "No, oh, no, we want to keep the screws on you." And yeah, I appreciate that for domestic travel, the vaccine mandate is done, and for federal workers, they get to go back to work now in the office. Great, but still, international travelers are going to look at Canada and say, "What do you mean? I still got to have this inefficient arrive can app that will likely crash? And why do I still have to to fill vaccination when?" Every other country in the world, but except for North Korea, Korea and China, want to see a vaccine information. Like, uh, get with it, Canada. Yeah, especially now that we know. And I mean, and it's pretty basically a known fact now. That these vaccines are fairly ineffective. And, and yet they are like, oh, yeah. Not only are you still going to be mandated, like healthcare workers are still mandated to have the uh, the vaccine. You still have to have the vaccine to come into Canada. Um, all these things. But we know the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. We know it doesn't stop you from even getting it. It's questionable whether it even affects your symptoms. Um, because I know people who've gotten COVID with, who weren't vaccinated and it was no worse than, than what I had. So, I mean, it's the, the vaccine efficacy is very questionable at best. And yet now they're talking about making a third shot, uh, mandatory to have your fully vaccinated status. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I hope that doesn't go through, but, I mean, nothing will surprise me with this government. No, but, and it's freaking over. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm getting mad now. I mean, well. all these Canadians who insulted and spread the lies about the trucker convoy, you should be goddamn ashamed of yourselves, ashamed of yourselves now. Because... They saw what was happening. I saw what was happening. Tony, you saw what was happening. Probably most of our listeners saw what was happening. And yet, they insulted and spread lies about what the truckers were doing in Ottawa. And it was to fight this BS. Yep, exactly right. And, uh, well, speaking of BS, that's a good... uh segue into the next topic that's going to make you even angrier, Lewis. Justin Trudeau was recently in Los Angeles for the Summit of the Americas, where he allegedly caught COVID again, and was on a podcast. Now, I, can't I, wonder, remember what the name of the I wonder what he's trying to hide from this time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because on the podcast, the gun issue came up, and Justin Trudeau well, he actually outright lied and said that in Canada, Canadians don't have a right to defend themselves with a firearm. And I know that, you, Lewis, you said, what? Go ahead, sir. Well, yeah, I mean, he's partially right. Um, I mean, you can't apply for a 
pal and use it like and say i need a gun for protection you're not going to get it um so in that terms he's he's right um if you shoot an invader in your own home you will be charged uh the chances of you being found guilty and going to jail pretty slim um but you will be charged uh and and i mean they'll find any they'll try to find any reason to charge you with something gun related if you shoot someone in your own home even if they broke in in the middle of the night and and threatened your life i mean they'll they might get you for like storage violations or something they'll find something so he's not entirely wrong but in that like if the strict letter of the law he's wrong because you have every right to use a gun to protect yourself in Canada if your life is in danger and that's why even though you'll be charged you will most likely be found guilty or the charges will be dropped if you if you shoot an invader or if you shoot someone who is you know who is who themselves is brandishing a gun or a knife and they're threatening your life so but but the it, it's that that lie isn't even the part that angers me the most it's the hypocrisy it's the fact that he is his life is protected by men with guns everywhere he goes he has an rcmp plain clothed unit and each one of them has a gun so if anybody tries to attack the prime minister they will shoot and kill whoever that is and rightly so but to say i don't have the right to do the same thing f you Yep, that's well said. And uh, you're absolutely right. We can defend ourselves with a firearm. Now, there's been cases in Canada, and the, probably the most famous one is a gentleman in New Brunswick who had people firebombing his house. And he brought a handgun out and shot over their heads and was charged. And that one, I think. Now, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, that went right to the Supreme Court, did it not? I mean, that was a very famous case. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, but, and he finally ended up winning, but uh, he, he went through absolute hell after the incident, not just, not just during the incident. Yeah, and I mean, and then there was the one in Saskatchewan, um, the, uh, the farmer that killed the uh, indigenous uh, intruder. Yep, on his farm. Um, uh, his name just escapes me. Gerald um, Stanley. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, he was charged. He ended up being found guilty on storage violations, um, but was found not guilty of murder or um, uh, or manslaughter. Or I believe those. There were, they had multiple charges against him, hoping one would stick. Uh, the only one that did was a storage violation, um, which is what I had said in my rant there, um, is what they'll, they'll try to get you for something. That's right. Um, which I think is absolutely asinine and shameful. If someone breaks into your house or on, onto your property to steal your quad or break into your house, just try and steal whatever you've got. You know, you don't wait to find out if they're there for a tea party. You're not waiting to find out if they are there, if they're going to hurt you or not. You just need to take action immediately because if they're breaking into your place, they are not there for any other reason except in nefarious reasons. And you should have every right to protect your life, your family's life, and your property without, oh, yeah. without repercussions. 
I mean, I'm not saying the police shouldn't investigate it when they get there. I'm not, I mean, of course they should. Because, I mean, who knows? It might have been someone staying at your house and you just decided, oh, <laughs> screw this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, we're drinking and we got into a fight. I hate this guy now. No, I mean, of course <laughs> they should investigate. But but if as soon as they realize that it was in self-defense, it should just be dropped. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and the Harper government actually tried to take a step in that direction. There was the uh, Citizen Defense or Citizens Arrest and Self-Defense Act of 2014, and which kind of moved in that direction that you could defend yourself. And there was actually uh, got put to the test right in my own city of Saskatoon, I believe the following year when a, an intruder had broken into a gentleman's home and he actually took a warning shot over the guy's head and the guy just ran off and the homeowner wasn't charged, but there was no injuries in that, that case there. And I, it really bugs me that the whole idea of equal force i think of how the legislation is that yeah. if i come at you with a knife you're only allowed to come at me with a knife and i just think um deadly force is deadly force it shouldn't really matter what you're attacking me with if you're trying to end me i should be able to defend myself with whatever i have yeah and i mean it it I don't think that it's like if someone's coming at you with a knife you're only allowed to use a knife in return it's um you're only allowed to exert the level of violence that you or that was being perpetrated against you. So if some, if, if someone wasn't intending to kill you, then you're not allowed to kill them um, is basically how it's written. Oh, okay. So if, if, if you're just expecting that this guy's going to beat you, then you're only allowed to beat him. But how are you supposed to know that that beating is going to stop when you hit the ground? Like, it, it's not going to continue with soccer kicks to the head or, or you know, they're going to pull a knife at that point or a gun or something. Like, I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing. Like, in Canada, we just, they, in Canada, they, we frown upon um, being able to defend ourselves. Um, women are not allowed to carry mace in their purse um you're not allowed to you're not allowed to carry a weapon or something that could be used as a weapon to protect yourself because if you're carrying a weapon it shows intent this is how the law is written so if you like i'll take you i'll take give you an example my grandfather used to manage an apartment building in vancouver one night He went down to the parkade and someone was trying to steal a car. And as the manager, he felt it was his place to try and stop this person from stealing one of his tenants cars. And he got, he got beaten. And so he decided that he was going to get a baseball bat and carry the baseball bat around with him while he was doing his night checks. When he goes down to the parkade, when he walks around the outside of the building at night and all that before going to bed. And he was going to take a baseball bat with him. And he was talking to an RCMP officer that he knows quite well. And the cop says, don't, don't do that. You carry a, a bat with you, you will be charged because you were, you had the intent on beating somebody with your baseball bat. And he said, so he said, you go get one of those like six D cell battery flashlights, those really big, heavy flashlights. You carry that around with you. If you, if someone is going to attack you, you use that to beat them with. And you can claim that it wasn't a weapon. It was a flashlight. (laughs) And that, that right there is, is, is the is indicative of how in Canada we don't believe in self-defense. We believe that we are victims and we should be victims. That we don't have the right to not be a victim. And it's it's 
it's a sad commentary on our laws and on our society because this isn't like a, a position that's held just by government officials. This is a position that's held by most Canadians that you don't have a right to, to protect yourself. Yeah, that, that, and you're right. That's really sad. I mean, I, we've got it in our heads that, oh, if someone's attacking you, call the police. Well, great, but in, even if you're in the city, if you're in Toronto or Calgary or wherever, the police are still going to be a minimum of five minutes away. Well, it doesn't take long for someone to end your life in five minutes. I mean, they can, they can stab the living crap out of you and run out of your house and the police will be happy to investigate your murder but you're dead yeah the police are not there to stop crimes from happening they're there to help deter crimes they're there to investigate crimes they're there to find and charge the people who perpetrated crimes they are not there to stop a crime and and it's like when people say, oh, well, just call the police. You know, when it's a, it's a famous old saying, I don't know who said it, but when seconds count, the police are always a minute away. That's really well said. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a position, if you're in a situation where, you know, seconds count, the police are never closer than a minute. Right. Like it's right. you just the situation is over and done with by the time they show up. And so, yeah. I mean, I hate I hate this attitude that we shouldn't be allowed to protect ourselves. And it's and it and it 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 comes from the prime minister and it goes all the way down to a, like probably maybe not a majority of Canadians, but certainly a very, very large minority of Canadians. Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely right. So, uh, right now, let us move on to speaking of minorities. The uh, coalition in Ottawa, the Liberal and NDP, neither of whom could get a majority government of their own, but have decided to make one of the two of them, have decided that they are going to invoke closure on debate on Bill C 11. So, essentially, they are censoring debate on a censorship. Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ironic, hey? Isn't it though? Yeah. It's uh no, I get it. They want to ram this through because they want to regulate the internet. I don't know why Trudeau is so gung-ho and so eager to regulate the internet in Canada, but they are going full steam ahead and they've decided since the debate has become uncomfortable, that's it. It's over. We're censoring the debate on censorship. Yeah, this is, we're in a very scary time in Canada. I mean, we've got a federal government that wants to censor the internet. They want to uh, charge people with hate speech before anything is ever said. That's in a different bill that's going to be coming. Um, they don't want us to have our guns. And everybody is guilty of a hate crime. I mean, there is something very scary happening in this country right now. Yeah, well, and it's being noticed internationally. Like, um, you and I both listen to some different United States-based podcasts. And uh, when I listen to Dan Bongino, he keeps ringing the alarm bell that there's a dictatorship in Canada and talks about the, the tyranny of Trudeau. And he's over the top, but he's not wrong. Yeah, and I mean, you're hearing it. I, I, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, of the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's talking about it now, and his guests bring it up, like it's it when when Americans are noticing what's happening in Canada, that's not a good thing, because Americans don't even know we're here. So when they start to notice and talk about what's happening here. That's bad. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, I know I, I don't listen to Ben Shapiro as much as I used to, but he also had been ringing the alarm bells that, uh, 
Yeah, there's something going on in Canada. Oh and yeah, you're right. has been. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, most of the time we never get a mention other unless it's something to do with hockey. So uh, yeah, this is bad, Canada. Yeah, no, it is. It's really bad, and um, I mean, uh, they're they've even played the clip of him of Trudeau saying that we don't have a right to protect ourselves with a gun in Canada. I I heard that clip played on Joe Rogan's podcast. I heard it played on uh, Ben Shapiro's podcast. Uh, Like they, they're actually playing the clips. Like it's, it's really bad when American uh, outlets are, are noticing and talking about what's happening here because like I said, they, they don't even know we exist. They don't even know where we are. And, and so it's, it's not a good thing when they start talking about us. No. And, and Dan Bongino played that clip too most recently. And he also has talked about the, uh, about the, the censorship bills. I mean, this was the former C10 we talked about. And so that now is C11 is the, the, the first censorship bill. It's the one that wants to regulate internet content and the one that wants to uh, control the social media platforms. And and this should probably give you some, some pause for thought, Canada. Even Twitter and Facebook are actually speaking out against Bill C11. So, uh, can you imagine the outrage that's going to happen when they decide to bring in the online harms bill, which I guess probably will be the next session. Now we've only got one week to go, but if all the, the big tech companies are already starting to get worried about the very first step in censorship, well, <laughs> I'm a little worried about the next step. It's really bad when Facebook and uh, Twitter are complaining about censorship bills. Because those guys censor more than any government in the first world. I mean, it's they the only governments that censor more than them are China, Russia, and North Korea. Right. I mean, and so if they're complaining about this, then it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it's got to be bad if they're complaining about censorship. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite worried about that. So. Oh, this is terrifying. I mean, what what country do we live in? I mean, you, you remember the old, the old, uh, the old joke that we live in Kanakistan. I mean, I mean that's that's coming true. I mean, I remember people referring to Canada as Kanakistan, um, God, like thirty years ago. But it's actually coming true now. Like, like this is this is becoming. Like, uh, like tyrannical. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. I mean, and this is just the first step. And especially when the next one comes out, the online harms bill, because that one was tabled in the last uh, in the last uh, administration's uh, um, time in office, right? I mean, same one that's there now, but it was it was when uh, before the last election, so it died on the on the on the block before the when the election was called and now it has to be retabled but the online harms bill i mean that one's that one's even scarier because that one will end, will end our show if that one is passed our show will end because we oh, yeah. we we can't we can't take the chance of someone reporting us and then we get fined for $50,000 a piece or whatever the fine is going to be um, I mean, it's, it's, it's in like, that one is going to bring us closer to the Chinese, uh, reporting model where like the, the, the citizens of China, they they all report on each other to the government. And that's going to happen here if that online harms bill passes, because when you report someone and they get fined, that money goes to the person who reported them. Yeah, that's right. So really, it's going to turn into like a minority report, if anybody remembers that old Tom Cruise movie, where it's, uh, well, I think you're going to do something, to say something that's going to offend me, so I'm going to report you before you even say something, and you're still going to get in trouble. Yeah. So, and we're just telling our listeners right now, 
if that if the online harms bill gets passed, we will have to like stop this podcast and we will be deleting every single episode because because they will be able to report our shows from before the bill was passed. So there will be no record of our show on the internet if that passes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. And I mean, it's it, it's a super scary time. Like, I don't know what is going on. I mean, and, and it's like, you know, you, you, you talk about it in your personal life, like off the air and you go, you know, maybe we should just move to a different country, right? Like, this is because this country is getting really scary with with uh, it's it's war on common sense and and it's it's really scary how they're taking people's rights away how they how they uh, taking our, our ability to choose away like they're taking our choice away um, because when because the the other thing with this censorship bill is is that it want it's forcing uh it's forcing search engines and social media platforms to um promote canadian content well that will not include our show because canadian con- because in order for us to be considered canadian content we actually have to go through a very arduous process with the government so that we can be recognized as Canadian content. And we're not going to do that. No, that's right. We don't need to have a bunch of paperwork to prove that we're two Canadian dudes, but you're exactly right. We have to apply and check off a bunch of different boxes that we are hiring Canadian talent and say, well, we don't hire anybody. The show show isn't here to make money. Yeah, so like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all these different platforms will not be like our our show won't be coming up in the search results the way it should be because we won't be registered with the government as Canadian content. So I mean, really, we like, and I was saying earlier like i was getting to this where i said you know in our personal lives like i've talked to my wife and i've said you know maybe we should just move to a different country like this this country's getting really rather scary for people with viewpoints like like ours and um and, but then you look and you go where where would we move where would we go the americans yeah. are getting, the americans are getting just as stupid as we are I, I don't want to move to the states because they're they're getting nuts too. I mean they're 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 passing it like down in the states like they're they're making it acceptable to start like to give kids trans surgeries as young as fourteen years old. I mean things are going stupid in the states too. They're crazy here. They're crazy in the states. Where do you go? Like there's nowhere. I don't want to move to you know, Europe. I mean, they're they're crazier than we are. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, where the hell do you go? We're stuck here. Yeah. Well, and, and you're you're right about that. So, I mean, it, I wouldn't. I would not put it past this this dictator wannabe in Ottawa. I wouldn't put it past him. If he actually makes our political viewpoints a hate crime, well, that's where that that online harms bill is going, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually make it a crime, punishable by 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 uh, by like a prison sentence, like yeah, other hate probably. crimes. And we saw that with the Freedom Convoy. You were guilty of wrong think, and we're going to do everything we can to, uh, to crush you. Oh, and to destroy you. Like, just, I mean, you're, you're racists and misogynists and all of that just because you don't want to succumb to a vaccine mandate. Yep, and we saw how uh, smug Krista Freeland was when she was talking about how we're going to give banks uh, you know, ability to freeze your bank account and that smug little smirk on her face. And... She is just as smug 
as Trudeau. Have you noticed that? Oh, she's awful. Yep. She has an ego that's that is rivaling Trudeau's ego. Like the two of them, when they when they talk, and they and it's usually whenever they talk about uh you know someone losing their their rights, they have this smirk, this grin, this smug look on their face that that you're, it just makes you sick to your stomach. Yep, absolutely right. So, uh, actually, since we brought up Krista Freeland, she's made the news. Uh, she hasn't really been out in public very much lately, making or at least not done a lot of speeches on, well, finance. But she decided she was going to, to announce, uh, I believe it was $8.9 billion package that was going to help Canadians fight inflation. And this is how bad it is, Canada. I mostly agree with Jagmeet Singh's reaction to it. Right there, that says a lot. Um, what Jagmeet Singh pointed out correctly, he pointed out that this is really just a re-announcement of a lot of their current initiatives and that Canadians need money in their pockets right now. That part of his statement, I completely agree with. The method of putting money in Canadians' pockets, him and I are complete opposites on, but even Jagmeet Singh gets it that she's an idiot. Well, yeah, but Jagmeet Singh's solution is even dumber. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just wants them to print money and hand it out to everybody. Yep. And what's that going to do, Lewis? Make the situation worse. That's That's right. That's what caused the problem in the first place. (laughs) And and it's it's like, I mean, at least Christia Freeland's uh, announcement is not new money. This is this is what was in the budget. It was already announced in the budget, but it's still, we still shouldn't be. Just sending checks out to people. No. This is that's what caused this problem in the first place. And when you double down on dumb, you get stupid. Well, that's and, just it. You know, I mean, and, and it's like, it's like they're they're doubling down on stupid down in the states too. I mean, they're they're talking about all the same, doing all the same things that we're talking about, or like our government is talking about doing, and it's like. You guys are are the dumbest economic uh, uh, people, if you can use that word, that have ever walked the face of the earth. When you think that doubling down on the same thing that caused the problem is going to make the problem better. All that will do is get you votes in the short term. Just like with COVID, people were like, oh, you know, printing these hundreds of billions of dollars is going to cause inflation down the road. That's okay. We need the help right now. We'll deal with the inflation later. Well, now inflation is here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and her, uh, and, I, and even back when these programs were first announced and inflation first started to hit the radar. I mean, you and I talked about this already back then, and they were they were talking about, oh yes, well we've got the childcare. It's like, okay, is this your only solution to inflation? Is to promise money years down the road? Like, we need relief now. How about a GST holiday? How about get rid of the stupid carbon tax, or at least freeze increases in the carbon tax? You know, um, cut some taxes, give us some actual relief so there's actual money in actual Canadians' pockets right now, instead of having Roy Green keep telling us that we're now up to 60% of Canadians who can't even meet their goddamn bills every month. Like, this government is so effing clueless. Yeah, and it's like... I'm I'm very very worried about this next twelve months. I mean, I, I'm actually I'm very worried about the next five years. But the next twelve months is when all the is when all the initial bad news is coming. Like it's already started. I mean, the the, the stock markets are already dropping. The housing markets are already stalling. Um, I'm already seeing you know like uh, I mean just a month ago. 
the, my neighbor's house sold with one offer for 40 grand over asking um, in, in like two days. Today, a month later, that house would not sell because the interest rates are too high now. They're already, they're already high, right? They're already, I think, I think you're looking at over 5% for a mortgage right now. Um, and I renewed my mortgage a year and a half ago at 1.74. And now you can't get a mortgage for under 5%. Wow. Um, the, uh, the housing market's stalling. The, the stock markets are dropping. Cryptocurrencies are collapsing. It's starting. The, the recession is starting and it, and we predicted this and I, and I, and I hate to say that because you know how much I hate being wrong about this stuff or hate being right. I hate being right about this stuff, but we said this was going to happen. We said the inflation was going to happen. We predicted the inflation and and we and unfortunately we were right about these things and 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 the thing is that if two dumbasses from you know rural Canada can predict the, these things, why didn't our governments? Well, exactly. And what's worse is as you're and you're you're right. You're bang on about the housing situation. One in four Canadian homeowners have said if interest rates keep going up, they won't be able to afford their mortgages. So, yep, yeah. the recession is already here, and it's just about to get worse, Canada. And what gets me is that even the even the heads of like the central banks and stuff like that are saying, "Oh, there's like a fifty fifty chance of a recession." That was this past week that comment was made, and yeah. I'm like, fifty uh, fifty. I I think it's more like a hundred percent, like. It, it, how, since when is the central bank supposed to be parroting government talking points? Like, the the central bank is supposed to be relatively uh, isolated from government influence, and uh, but they're like parroting things that the government has been saying. And it's it, that's scary too because they're not supposed to be. No, exactly right. They're supposed to be telling us the truth, and they're not because a 50 50 chance of a recession. Come on, the recession is already starting, and yep. anybody with eyes can see that. Yep, exactly. So, uh... And it's not going to be a, and it's this is going to be a bad one too. Like this is going to be 2008 levels where it takes five years to recover from. Yeah, that I can see. Cause I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of that inflated money still got to wash its way through the system. So, yep. I think you're, uh, you're not wrong. It's on that gonna, one. It, and, and here, here's, I'm going to say this right now. It's going to be much worse than people think because in 2008, what happened was the housing market crashed, the stock market crashed, but we did not get, massive inflation we did not get food shortages and and uh and things like that this time we're gonna have shortages of of food i mean they're they're already saying they, they're because of uh there's a massive shortage of fertilizer and so crops crop yields are going to be way down. And so we're going to be facing food shortages. Not only are we facing food shortages, but we're facing all kinds of shortages of everything else too. And, uh, and I don't, I, and I've said this before, I don't understand how we can be short of everything at once. I, I don't understand how that's possible. Uh, I hate to get into the conspiracy theory side of things, but it's, it's, something's not adding up to me. And yeah. it, it, it's it's almost conspiratorial feeling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it is a little odd. So. Yeah, I mean, how do we, how are we short of everything at one time? We're short of absolutely everything, and food is going to be a shortage. And 
And people, and we're having massive inflation, which will not subside unless there's some kind of tax relief uh, or if there's something is done about about the uh, supply chain issues. Our governments don't give a crap. I mean, if they gave a crap, they would be doing something about the supply chain issues. I mean, those th- the supply chain issues would will help with with the inflation problem. The you know spending, government spending, if they could get that under control, that would help with the inflation problem. It, it's there's you know simply raising interest rates isn't going to stop this inflation from happening because the driving force behind this inflation is much much bigger than just the government uh, spending too much. That is a major part of it. But or that is the the major part of it. So they got to get their spending under control. It's it's not just the raising interest rates that's going to stop this, it, because it was caused by too much printing of money, and and that has to get under control. And they have to start slashing government spending. Yep, absolutely right. So. Uh... You know, that's actually probably where we'll wrap the show up there in Canada, because that's just about at our time. Actually, I guess we're a little bit over, but that's okay. We like talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's, this is, this, we're, we're, Canada's in a, in a position right now that is very, very dangerous. And, but not just Canada. The U.S. is in the same position. The U.K. is in this position. Germany's in this position. We're all all of the first world is in this position. And the problem is, is that the people leading these countries all think that the solution to the problem is what got us into this problem. And that that's going to result in much, much worse situations than what we're in now. Yeah, that that's actually, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, they decided that our economy is a patient on an operating table who's bleeding and they just want to keep bumping more blood into them rather than fix them. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's very scary. I hate to, you know, bring everyone down on father's day, but I'm sorry. I just, it's, it's the truth. Yeah. No, it's uh no, you're absolutely right. And uh, we'll wrap it there. Canada. Stop printing money. That's, that's our lesson for today. Stop printing money. All right. (laughs) Until next week, Canada, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. It is Tony in Alberta today. And Lewis in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada. (laughs)